Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to the presentation of our first quarterly report in a year that started with dramatic and unforeseen events in both Japan and Northern Africa. But first, corporate governance recommends a disclaimer regarding forward-looking statements, so here it is. And with that, back to the events in Northern Africa, which confirmed the advantage of Evel Smith in not being dependent upon any single market or any single region, for that matter. We do have a lot of activities in Northern Africa, but our business model is robust, and thereby so is our guidance robust, and that is why we are able to maintain our full-year guidance for 2011, despite the deferred activity in Northern Africa. We have finalized few big orders in the first quarter, but we are pleased to report that we have had a strong increase in the unannounced orders, which is the highest level since the peak in 2008. And in minerals, we continue to prepare for the coming next boom with an increase in the order intake of 42% compared to last year. Also, it's very positive that customer services continue the planned positive development and now account for more than one-third of the turnover. The key figures show an order intake which is slightly down compared to last year. This is primarily due to an extraordinarily big O&M contract in the first quarter of last year. Also, the revenue is slightly below last year, and this is due to the postponed activity in Northern Africa. It's positive to see a positive development in the contribution ratio, which is up half a percentage point. The results are down with the revenue and thereby lower operational gearing. The cash flow from operations is very volatile due to a fluctuating working capital, but we still have approximately 1 billion Danish kroner in net interest-bearing receivables. As a result of a strategic decision before 2007, the minerals is now the biggest segment for our group. It passed cement in turnover last year, but due to a strong performance in cement, it still accounts for half of the results. The market trends as we see them are unchanged. We continue to see positive investment development in both our industries, and this is within our minerals, coal, copper, gold, iron ore, and phosphates. And in cement, it's within our strongholds, which are India, Russia, Indonesia, South America, and still parts of Northern Africa also. The total market for new kiln capacity in cement this year we see as unchanged at 65 million tons, despite the unrest in Northern Africa, where we had to evacuate all our foreign staff out of both Egypt, Tunisia, and Libya. We are back both in Egypt and Tunisia in full force. And this is what led to the Revenue being slightly down compared to last year, whereas the contribution ratio is improving up half a percentage points, and this is due to a changed product mix. We also have a positive currency translation effect of 3%, whereas we continue to eliminate any transaction exposure in currencies. In total, the gross profit is unchanged compared to last year. 
The order intake is slightly down, but very positive to see that the unannounced orders have passed 4 billion kroner in the quarter, which is the highest level since the peak of the market in 2008. And thereby also the order backlog is slightly increased compared to the beginning of the year, and it means that we continue to have more than one year's turnover in the backlog. Now the um, capacity costs is not my department, so I'll hand over to Paul Eric Tauchte. Yeah, okay. Um, our fixed costs, the SGNA, are up by about 5%, of uh, which 3% is currency, and then 2% is uh, ramping up in minerals. We have seen uh, the number of employees going up in, in minerals by quite a number because we can see with a huge intake of orders that we need to ramp up to, to deal with the volume. We simply don't have enough people to deal with what we are anticipating. Um, so uh, that might be negative, short-sighted, but uh, longer term, it's a, it's a necessity. The EBIT margin is down by about one percentage points. Um, it's almost across the border, one percentage points in cement, one percentage points in minerals, and uh, one percentage points for the group. Only exception is uh, separate, they are up actually three percentage points, but uh, they are so small, so they don't really count in, in the big picture. So all in all, I think uh, good explanations for why uh, our costs are up and, uh, and EBIT is, uh, is down uh, in, in, in this quarter. Cash flow in the next slide, well, as um, Mr. Hume Rasmussen mentioned, cash flow from operation is volatile. It, it really has a lot to do with prepayments. And as we know, the big prepayments are mainly on the big cement orders. And as we know, we haven't had any very big cement orders uh, for the last couple of quarters. And therefore, we are sort of bringing down that level. But hopefully, that will change very soon. Uh, so, um, so the cash flow was negative in, in Q1. Um, cash flow from investment was uh, about a quarter of a billion Danish kroner. Most of this was actually the purchase of the Australian uh, mining testing uh, equipment company, ESA, that was about 150 out of the 250. So most of it was actually also investing into the future. Next slide, a little bit more on, on uh, working capital and prepayment because they are the main uh, drivers. Uh, prepayment is down by about 160 million, and um, that really also influences uh, the working capital, which is up by, by about 200 million. Uh, so really prepayment is the main driver for working capital, and uh, we are now at almost 1 billion. Still, it's, it's only uh, less than 4% of our revenue. And working capital uh, should go down when we see the big uh, cement orders coming back with a, with a big prepayment. So our financial um, performance and, uh, and platform is strong. Uh, we still have about uh, 35% Equity ratio, about 1 billion net cash, and uh, we, are, we are ready to do uh, more acquisitions. We are actually looking into a, a number of uh, exciting opportunities. So with that, I'll uh, hand the word back to Juno uh, Rasmussen and Cement. Thank you. In Cement, we have experienced the strongest influence from the unrest in Northern Africa, which has pushed turnover into coming quarters in the future. And this deferred revenue also means a lower operational leverage. The, that the order intake is down compared to last year is primarily due to the extraordinarily large O&M contract that I mentioned earlier. And the revenue is down due to the deferred activities. The positive um, contribution ratio increasing almost two percentage points, which is due to a very favorable product mix. EBIT results down due to the low operational gearing. And when the number of employees is up 3%, this is purely due to increased activity in operation and maintenance where we employ local blue-collar workers for these activities. The 
business environment is unchanged in spite of the um, unrest, we see level of investments expected to increase in 2011 in other regions. We see good prospects in many regions. However, there's still volatility and a competitive market. And we must always be prepared for variations between quarters. In the total cement consumption in the world, China now accounts for 56%. But there's also growth in other regions. If we look at the past two decades, on average, there's been a constant growth of 2.5% in the other countries and regions, in spite of a drop in both EU and US. So if you look at the different regions, we see strong progress in the last two decades in other regions, such as India with 8%, Africa, Middle East, and South America also with 5 to 6%. And most recently in the last year, we have seen growth in the two digits, both in South America, in Eastern Europe, and in India. If we break it down into individual countries, there's the positive development that uh, countries with a very strong population have demonstrated growth. Again, areas like India, Vietnam, and Egypt. And most recently, over the last year, we have seen growth in two digits, for instance, in Russia, which is awakening again because the financing possibilities in Russia are beginning to normalize. And recently we had very positive experiences with Russian customers coming to Denmark to sign letters of intent in connection with the visit by Prime Minister Putin in Denmark. The total cement market globally we see as unchanged with a level of 65 million tons per year. And also the geographical distribution is basically unchanged except for the uh, development that North Africa is being postponed and on the other hand Russia is awakening as I just mentioned. And this is to the advantage of Apple Smith because we are very strongly positioned in Russia. The order intake in the first quarter showed only one big order that we announced in the first quarter. That was cement mills for the market leader in Brazil, Tim. But on the other hand, the unannounced orders were still at a high level and uh, increased compared to last year. So the total order backlog is unchanged compared to the beginning of the year. And with that, I'll hand over to Bjarne Molke on the services in cement. Thank you very much. Our customer services in cement saw an increased revenue of 5% compared to last year and uh, a revenue of 669 million DKK, which now accounts for 35% of the total cement revenue in Q1 2011. We saw um, also an increase in our uh, order intake. If we clean last year's first quarter order intake where we got this uh, O&M contract of 1.1 billion, we actually also have a, uh, a increased in, uh, increase in order intake here. Today we have a, a order, total order backlog in O&M of 3 billion DKK, which will be converted into revenue uh, over the next five to six years. Our O&M model has uh, demonstrated to be robust, and we are working on a couple of, um, of new contracts, potential contracts. Uh, we also see a lot of um, new governmental guidelines to cement plants to um, improve energy efficiency all over the world, including India, and uh, alternative fuels and upgrade projects are therefore a very focused area for us right now. And by that, I will turn over the word to... 
Christian Jebsen on minerals. Thank you. Uh, with respect to uh, minerals, uh, let me start out saying that uh, the improved market condition that we uh, all enjoyed in 2010 uh, continued into first quarter of uh, 2011 and uh, supported by uh, the, the, uh, the mining sector's uh, positive long, long-term outlook. The fact that our customers are continuing to invest uh, in order to enlarge the supply base and more importantly, that uh, further investments are also being made in the OPEC side of uh, the mining sector. Having said that, uh, as you can see from the figures, we uh, we took into the book uh, uh, products and services worth uh, 3.4 billion Danish uh, kroner, which is up uh, compared to the uh, comparison period of Q1 2010 with uh, 42%, uh, confirming our ability to constantly promote and uh, sell our products and services successfully into the different uh, segments that we, uh, that we serve. Uh, having added 3.4 billion to the backlog and removed less, we continue to, to bolster the, uh, the backlog that increased with 7% compared to year-end uh, 2010. And the backlog now starts, sta- stands at uh, 10.4 billion kroner, uh, almost equal to one year of uh, revenue. We took out of the backlog uh, 2.2 billion, up 20% compared to last year at the same time. Uh, that revenue carried a margin of uh, approximately 24%, which is similar to what we did for the entire fiscal year uh, 2010. Compare that to the uh, first quarter of uh, 2010, and there is a uh, 1% point difference, which can be explained by the, uh, the overall margin composition in our projects uh, part of the uh, the business. All that resulted in an earnings before interest and tax, uh, Danish kroner 158 million, which again is up compared to uh, Q1 uh, 2010. And as a percentage of uh, sales or revenue, we delivered 7.2% to the bottom line, uh, less compared to the uh, comparison period last year, all explained by the 1% uh, difference on the contribution margin as mentioned. Uh, Based on the improved uh, mild conditions, the increased backlog and our outlook and our expectations to the future, as you can see, we continue to add to our payroll, adding another 1,000 employees uh, uh, during the uh, last 12-month period. And we're adding uh, those resources, uh, both coming in from acquisitions, but also direct hiring, particularly in our front office, being our sales folks, uh, process uh, know-how, Etc., but also adding to the service component, in particular the, uh, the O&M side. We go to the uh, next slide, uh, talking a little bit more in detail about the uh, order intake and the, uh, the backlog. As I said uh, earlier, a very healthy order intake, 3.4 billion, which is the second largest uh, if you go back uh, 30 months. Uh, what is uh, really healthy is, in particular, the, uh, the amount of unannounced orders, less than 200 million kroner, 2.7 billion kroner added to the backlog, which is in, in the highest uh, since a peak in the Q3 uh, 2008. That includes our customer service activities, which goes to show that uh, we are now actually starting to, to enjoy the fact that many of the mines are utilized to its utmost, which means that our customers are investing more and more in OPEX. But also note that we have actually, in the mining sector of our business, we have more FL Smith equipment out in the field that we had in the previous years, equipment that needs ongoing uh, services. The good news is that we also were able to announce one major order within the, uh, the coal segment, a major order to a uh, good customer in Indonesia, PT Adaro. It's a system supply uh, to remove overburden in, a, uh, in the coal mines, supplying feeders, sizers, uh, conveying, etc., including all engineering that surrounds that particular system supply. If we try to decompose the, uh, the uh, order intake by industry and technology, that large coal order uh, led to the fact that coal is a runner-up uh, in terms of the, uh, the industry we serve or we sold into. Uh, copper is still leading the field, followed by gold and others. Others here defined as platinum, iron ore, and uh, the steel industry. If we look at the technology, almost divided one-third to uh, comminution, 
i.e. crossing and milling, separation and uh, materials handling. In terms of the uh, current uh, business environment, uh, we will state, and it was said before by Mr. Rasmussen, that we see demand continuing to derive from the uh, coal industry, uh, the, uh, the copper industry, iron ore, gold, and phosphate, similar to what we indicated uh, last time we were up here uh, speaking to you. And uh, as we also said last time, we continue to entertain a quite large uh, proposal pipeline. And more importantly, we have frequent interaction with our customer base that leads us to believe that the uh, pipeline and the proposal pipeline indeed has a very high quality that sooner or later might end up in, in, uh, in contracts. We continue to promote uh, our solutions rather than single products. We continue to promote our island uh, solutions, which indeed are getting more and more traction in the marketplace, boding well for the uh, overall outlook. And uh, talking about outlook, um, we are, our outlook is supported here by uh, some of the analysts out there, indicating that uh, year on year that the CapEx in the industry we serve would uh, most likely increase with 15 to 20 percent in the uh, in the coming years. That all driven, of course, by the strong growth uh, for commodities in the emerging markets, the fact that uh, the supply side of the business cannot cope. The fact of that uh, is, of course, that the commodity prices are still at a very high level, historic high level, which generates some very solid balance sheets around our customer base, which justifies uh, most likely additional investments in order to, to support the, uh, the supply chain of the uh, equation. In terms of uh, the good outlook, the question is now, when does this actually, be, when, does we, when can we see that being transformed into contracts and thereby our backlog? And on, in order to understand that, let me just spend one minute on the uh, project life cycle of, in, in terms of what we do on the uh, mining side of the business. Every time you hear a miner go out and say that he has increased his capex and he wants to invest more and more, uh, rest assured that he is looking at a very large pipeline and many, many different projects that are in different stages in terms of the overall product development. And as such, many of these projects, from the day we hear of a specific product until the day we might be able to add it to the backlog, you are talking between two to three years, now and then up between five to ten, depending on where we are. So what goes on in the life cycle is that going to the left of this particular slide explains that a customer will start out to explore a given mine, he will have to test the ore, he will have to determine the lifetime of the, uh, the mine, he will have to start to do conceptual uh, studies, pre-feasibility studies, he will have to apply for permitting, he will have to go to his board, he will have to find funding, and he will have to re go around and around doing the uh, pre-feasibility. Pre and then at that time, he is basically ready to, to come to a company like uh, F.L. Smith in order to to execute the uh, contracts necessary to supply the equipment. And traditionally, Ethel Smith, and where we have been traditionally with our product supply, is right around the detailed engineering, which can be many, many months after we have heard about the uh, uh, given project. And we, it, as part of our strategy, we would like to move to the left, i.e. closer to when we hear about a given project. And we do that by not just promoting our specific products, but we do that more and more by supporting bundled uh, systems where we supply all the equipment. And we go even further by offering what we call islands, so complete product production units in a given flow sheet where we supply everything, including basic and detail engineering, electrical and piping and so forth. And eventually we would like to be out there where we can support our customers with everything, including civil works and construction management and et cetera. If we are able to do so, we will get closer and reduce the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the lifetime of the, uh, the, the cycle we are in. But it does explain the fact that currently we are late cyclic, but it also explains the fact that major orders do come in lumpy quarter by quarter, as you have seen it in the past. But if we can move more and more to the left, we will get more visibility in our business. So that's what we're trying to, to do, and that's part of our strategic approach. So in conclusion, the first three months on the mining side of the business, uh, based on book, backlog, and earnings, uh, satisfactory performance, and more importantly, as we uh, look to the future, 
a very positive outlook in terms of future investments, be that in order to expand the different flow sheets, but also to support the operation of existing mines out there. So with that, turn over the floor again to Bjarne, who will explain a little bit more about the uh, customer service side of the uh, minerals activities. Thank you. And uh, customer services and minerals, uh, also here we actually see a grow in revenue, and it's really validating everything what Christian has said about increasing activity in the mining industry. We definitely see that uh, high uh, commodity prices drive actually the utilization of all the plants. They can't simply not allow to any stop and they all drive more or less in top of the red, why uh, there's an increasing demand for spare parts and for rebuilds. Uh, on top of that, we have, of course, more and more uh, spare parts and the population of equipment out there, and um, this goes very well hand-in-hand hand with the strategy where we want to actually do more and more full-scope supplier that will actually trigger more sales of uh, customer services as well. We grow our uh, revenue by 19% uh, this quarter compared to last year, and today it's like cement, more or less one-third, actually a little bit more, 36% of our total revenue in minerals in Q1. Customer service intake, we uh, were able to grow by 33% and account for 29% of the total order intake in Q1 in minerals. So a promising development uh, that uh, mirror the the positive development we see all over in the minerals industry. Sembrit, our fiber cement business here in Europe, uh, Sembrit uh, saw a increased activity level of uh, 16% revenue in uh, Q1 2010. The growth comes basically from most of the European countries, but especially from all the Nordic countries and Eastern Europe. We saw a nice growth rates in many of these markets despite actually a quite strong winter in the beginning of the year. Contribution ratio went up by third, uh, from uh, 30 to 34% uh, from 32 last year due to better product mix. We sell more um, products with um, a higher value. And uh, EBIT is negative in first quarter, which is very usual uh, in the building materials sector, but uh, improved uh, compared to last quarter, 2010. We see slight improved market conditions all over Europe, um, despite we are not back again yet to where we came from in 2008. A little bit more elaboration on the quarterly de development. As you know, in the building materials sector, especially when you are um, loaded in the northern part of Europe, uh, Q1 and Q4 are typical low seasons due to the climate and Q2 and Q3 are our high seasons, and this is also uh, the case this year. Um, EBIT margin expects to be doubled this year to 4% um, compared to 2009, where it was 2%. And by that, I will turn the microphone to Mr. Jan Hunger Rasmussen. Thank you. The future outlook remains positive. We are well positioned in the right minerals, in the right geographical markets. And also technologically, we see an increasing interest in energy consumption, in emissions, in both areas where we have a strong position technologically. This, is, uh, this increasing interest is illustrated by the latest five-year plan in China, which is uh, talking about uh, specific targets for reducing energy consumption and emissions over the next five years. We see the same tendency in the U.S., where there is a potential for a new market in regarding reduction of emissions as soon as the government and the industry can agree to the exact targets. So it means that short-term, our expectations and therefore our guidance for the full year of 2011 is unchanged. We're talking about a turnover of 21 to 22 billion Danish kroner and an EBIT ratio of 9 to 10 percent. And it is also unchanged when we look at the separate segments. And then, uh, I hope you don't find this boring, but it's exactly the same situation longer term. Uh, the fact that our industry main drivers are in full force and also our financial targets 
are maintained. So, in conclusion for our presentation, the good news is a strong increase in minerals, both in the order intake and revenue compared to last year, confirming that we are en route to a new growth in minerals, as confirmed by Christian Jebsen. Also, we maintain the full-year guidance for this year, in spite of the unforeseen experiences in Northern Africa. And with few big orders finalized so far this year, it's positive that the level of unannounced small orders is the highest since the peak in 2008. And finally, for those who may not have observed this, I'll just mention that we have now, by the end of last month, had a new chairman after more than seven years with the previous, and this is Mr. Mount Sørensen. And with that, we are prepared to take any questions that you may have. So, please. Yes, hello, uh, Patrick Sedber from uh, Nordea Markets. A uh, couple of questions. Uh, the first one is regarding uh, the cement division and uh, deferred uh, revenue uh, due to these events in Northern Africa. Uh, could you quantify the effect? Uh, and secondly, when are you budgeting that this deferred revenue will hit the P&L again? Is it in 2011 or is it uh, at a later stage? That's my two first questions. Yes. Um, the, um, the volume of the uh, postponed activity in uh, Northern Africa in cement is practically explaining the um, uh, difference between what we delivered and what was expected in the first quarter. And that goes for both the turnover and the results. And uh, the good news is that uh, this is not lost. It is just postponed, and as we focus on the longer term, it's not that much of a problem. It will be recovered, but we can't, uh, there's not time enough to do that within this year. We expect most of it to be recovered next year. Okay. Then I have a follow-up question uh, regarding the SGNA cost in the minerals division. Uh, I'm just wondering if you can help us a little bit uh, quantifying or uh, what the run rate will be in the coming quarters? Yeah, the, uh, the, as, as I said initially, uh, with respect to the payroll, we are investing in, uh, in resources, and uh, some of the resources cannot yet be allocated to revenue. Uh, some of those are actually investments in the future with respect to uh, front-end people uh, that uh, will not be allocated to project execution. So that's why you saw an increase in the uh, SDNA in the first quarter. Uh, the run rate, uh, it's, it's, you cannot just take uh, the first quarter and multiply it by four and then determine that that might be where we're going to end up for the year. We will constantly monitor our SDNA to make sure that we can deliver uh, on our guidance with respect to the bottom line. So that's the way it's, it's going to be managed. But initially, the, the uh, increase you saw in the Q1 was due to the investment that I talked about earlier, and the fact that we added those more than 1,000 people, and actually in the first quarter we added, compared to year-end, close to 600 into the, uh, into the mix. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Uh, Kenneth Leiling from uh, Danske Market. Um, also, uh, regarding minerals, um, could you give us a comment about how you feel about this level of uh, unannounced orders that you had here in the first quarter, whether it's a, sort of a new level that you're thinking you can maintain going forward, and perhaps also give us an idea on the sub-segments, i.e. on the service part of it and on the, should we call it, minor equipment product uh, part of it. That's my first question. The, uh, the unannounced orders uh, stood at 2.7 uh, billion. Out of that number, I think close to a billion came from the uh, aftermarket. And, uh, and the remaining is basically what we call product supplies, uh, due to the fact they don't, they don't hit the 200 million kroner mark. In that mix, uh, there are some, uh, there are some uh, products being specifically sold into the copper industry and mainly into uh, the, uh, the Extrata projects, uh, where we enjoy 
our relationship with Extrada as we support them building out the next five copper concentrators. So a lot pertains to, to those particular projects. And then, as I said before, there's some uh, good orders in there that pertains to platinum and uh, iron ore also. With respect to the run rate, again, it's difficult to multiply four within the first three months and uh, say that that's where we're going to end up. I would like to do that. But as I said before, this is the highest in our last 30 months. But with the, uh, the overall activity, again, and the uh, custom interactions, uh, we, are, we are getting more and more confident that uh, 2011 bookings are going to look quite healthy. And, and may I just uh, follow up in terms of the larger orders? I just want to understand perhaps how, how you're seeing it develop. Are you seeing in your mind perhaps fewer large orders this year than what you originally thought and then perhaps more in terms of the smaller unannounced orders or is it too early to conclude anything in terms of that? No, I think I'll, I'll make reference to the, uh, to the slide that talked about the, uh, the lifetime of, of projects and the product development. It's impossible to predict uh, when when we, eventually, we finally will sign a given order and add it to the backlog. But I, uh, I'll say that I expect uh, for 2011 that we will, we will see and announce uh, more major uh, contracts than we did in 2010. Okay, and, and then finally in terms of um, prices and, and perhaps also gross margins, um, how, how are you seeing prices trend in the in the industry on the mineral side of the business, and also the the gross margin of 24? I mean, is that is that the level you're thinking for the full year, or, or could it be higher? In terms of the gross margin going forward, I mean, we we don't guide around same, but uh, as I made a reference to, the uh, where we ended up for the first three months, the 24 percent mm-hmm. is actually on par with uh, what we did all of 2010. And if you go further back, it's actually the same as we did for 2009. So everything equal, that seems to be the, uh, the level. Uh, that not to say that we are constantly trying to improve it uh, as we uh, pull different levers in order to, uh, to, to uh, improve the margin and thereby the, uh, the bottom line. And in terms of the overall pricing environment, well, it is so that uh, when there's a gap between demand and supply, uh, it gives you an opportunity to exercise your pricing strategy. And we are mindful of the same. Thank you. Klaus Kiel from uh, Nykredit. Uh, a couple of questions. First of all, um, could you uh, comment on the market situation in the U.S. Uh, concerning uh, the cement division? And especially I'm thinking about the new uh, environmental uh, legislation that you talked about. And also, did I understand you correctly that some new legislation was also on its way in India? Um, and could you please, yeah, elaborate a bit on that? The, in U.S., um, legislation was passed uh, in, in the fall of uh, 2010, stating uh, dramatically um, strengthened um, emission levels uh, in many products, it would be reducing the allowed emissions by 90%. So uh, this would mean, this will mean uh, considerable investments uh, by the industry. And we prepared well for that. We have, uh, we had developed in advance a, a, a mobile laboratory that's been visiting, uh, is constantly visiting a number of cement plants so that they can get an evaluation of what they need to do to fulfill the new uh, demands. And uh, we see a potential market there. But uh, timing is uh, temporarily um, postponed in the sense that the, um, uh, the Cement Producers Association has uh, entered into a dialogue with the government. And um, uh, what they disagree about is the, uh, what is ne- needed as a total investment to fulfill the new demands. And uh, they are discussing uh, possible adjustments uh, of the legislation. And pending this uh, dialogue, the legislation is not in force yet. So um, obviously the customers are not ordering until they know the final outcome of this legislation. But it will come eventually. How much? We don't know. Uh, The government says uh, 250 million U.S. dollars, and I think the association says between 3 and 4 billion. So it's probably somewhere in between there. Regarding... uh, 
the, the development elsewhere, um, I think, um, uh, I don't think I mentioned India. What I did mention was the uh, five-year plan in China, where it's uh, been a specific demand that uh, over uh, the next three to five years, there'll be, um, similar to the U.S., uh, considerable um, uh, new requirements to reduce the emissions. And we see generally an increasing uh, environmental uh, attitude uh, by the authorities in China. Uh, also, they demand less use of water. They demand less use of energy. And all these are factors that uh, pull in our direction because uh, we do have the strongest technology in uh, these areas. So we do see uh, this five-year plan as an opening maybe for expanding some at least some niches for us for uh, niche products in China. Okay, and then uh, my second question is that uh, order intake in cement has been somewhat slow, you could say, here in Q1. Um, could that have any uh, relation to, to the situation in, in northern Africa, or could there be some projects that are stuck in, in the pipeline? Yeah, for sure. Uh, northern Africa has been a, a very strong market in, in recent years. And, uh, and there were a number of uh, hot projects in the pipeline in Northern Africa that obviously investors uh, will uh, reconsider and the timing of and postpone for some time. So yes, it has influenced the sort of short-term pipeline. But again, these projects will not disappear. If anything, there'll probably be more need for them afterwards. Uh, the the uh, advantage for us is, of course, that when these things happen, there are other regions that um, that uh, become uh, more hot. And, and an example is, as I mentioned, Russia. That is then maybe the positive surprise of this year. And the hot projects that you're talking about, are they related to, to the the countries that are in, in, yeah, in, in where we have seen some serious troubles like Libya, Egypt, uh, and Tunisia, or is it the entire region? That has been yeah, there are a number of potential products in the entire region, both in the countries that you mentioned and in other countries as well. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Yes, Vessel Emmett from Handels Banking Capital Markets. A uh, couple of questions, and I'll try and start with the cement side. Uh, if we look at... Um, yeah, maybe you can talk about a bit about utilization in the second half in the cement business. I mean, you you are seeing some revenues being deferred. How how do you see utilization developing in the cement business? Uh, so far, uh, we have had um, uh, use for all our resources uh, in cement. Uh, again, that's another strength in our business model: the fact that we do have a, a huge backlog. So we always have time to plan and prepare. So even though there are sort of short-term fluctuations, uh, it doesn't really influence the, the workload. Uh, workload. And we have been, been uh, um, except for, of course, these specific uh, products where there are disturbances, that's uh, what I've referred to as, um, as a, a lower operational uh, leverage. But if we take a look at the the total uh, situation, we um, we are in a comfortable position and there are no uh, sort of uh, dramatic um, actions necessary. But, but do we need to see a pickup in orders in cement during the next quarter or so for you to be able to maintain, maintain kind of healthy kind of uh, utilization in the cement? Well, uh, I think the, um, the key issue... Uh, regarding order intake in cement is what's going to happen in 2012. Uh, because um, most of the uh, planned and expected turnover for this year was in the backlog uh, when we uh, started the year. That's the usual situation. Uh, so, of course, um, um, order intake is important, but uh, it's more important uh, for the coming year than for this year. Okay, and uh, you see more positive on Russia. Uh, compared to last time uh, you yes. communicated with the market, is that exclusively due to the letter of intent um, agreement you signed uh, recently, or are, do you also have other things in the pipeline? We also have other contacts and, and uh, other possibilities. So you could see, you could say that the fact that we signed letters of intent is more a, 
um, a sign of the fact that the, the market is awakening again. And the last question, it's uh, just a technical question related to how do you define the large orders? Is that just orders higher than the 200 million mark? Yes. So you're actually saying that large orders in the mineral side will be larger than than 3.6 billion this year. That's what you delivered last year. That's that's your assumption. I mean, (laughs) right now we uh, we have announced 700 million. So there's still three quarters to go in order to reach the 3.6. So we have to add another 3 billion out there. What I did say is that we, we, we will see additional major contracts in the mining sector being announced. In the guidance, you're explicitly saying that large orders will be uh, higher than last year. Uh, I don't know if we said that. I don't think so. No. In, in minerals? No. No, only in cement. Okay, thanks. Pick up. Any more questions here? If not, we'll take down the phone. like to ask a question to the speakers, please press 0-1 on your telephone keypad. We have a question from Mr. Lars Topham from Carnegie. Please go ahead. Yes, Lars Topham from uh, Carnegie with a few questions. Uh, Christian, some of them relate to, to slide 28 and uh, 29 where you explained uh, your positioning in, in, in the mining value chain or how, uh, we, we, which phases uh, orders should uh, go through. Uh, so if I understand you correctly, uh, from you here about an order until it might uh, uh, b- become something in the backlog, it could take two to three years, does this imply that uh, the increase in mining capex announced in, in 2010 will not uh, yield any of the, uh, what you call the large greenfield orders until 2012-2013? And, and in line with that, we, we saw a Q1 result from Vale uh, last week uh, in which they postponed uh, four specific projects by six to 12 months because it uh, uh, t- t- took longer time than expected to get environmental permits, etc. cetera. Uh, do you see the, this uh, uh, as a general trend or is this very Vale-specific? Uh, some flavor on that, please. I have some other questions afterwards. Yeah, no, Lars, I think also last time we met, uh, there was a question to, uh, okay, we hear about all these major CapEx plans, but we don't see any walking in, in terms of signing and adding it to the backlog. And I do remember that we, uh, we uh, commented, among others, that uh, part of the reason is that we are starting to sense in the marketplace, uh, not just uh, in Valley, but, but everywhere, that the, the whole permitting process is, is striking out. Uh, so, uh, as, I, as I tried to explain before, when you look at the project life cycle, permitting uh, is becoming a bigger, bigger issue to the extent that you would assume that miners going forward will now need to, to entertain the whole permitting activity early on in the process, uh, assuming they have a specific date when they, when they want to have a producing asset. So, the whole permitting issue is becoming a bigger, bigger issue driven by local communities and uh, emissions and the water rights in particular. So that, that is actually uh, an increasing issue for all the miners out there. With respect to the CapEx and, and, and uh, when we hear it and when we add it to the backlog, it, it, it depends and it varies uh, in any segment, uh, depending on the country you're in, depending on the customer you're talking to. So it's, it's, I can't give you an exact in terms of from the day we hear, we, we know that 18 months later we have a chance to add it to the backlog. That's not the way it works. But this was just to, to basically uh, communicate that uh, it, it can be a very long process from the time we hear it to, to it actually is, is being announced. That's fair enough. The reason I'm asking is also because uh, this means that it must matter whether the pipeline you're looking at is projects which have been, you know, 
in the pipeline for a long term or if it's, it's, it's brand new projects popping up. So I wonder if you see, I mean, I understand the whole pipeline is big, but, but is there any change in the sense that a bigger part of the current pipeline are, are projects which were, what should we say, just invented by, by, by the customers? No, I, mean, if, if I can't give you an average number, but I will say that if we talk of, of, of the major projects, uh, even some of the major islands uh, down to some of the, uh, the, the, the specific products, we typically know of these uh, 12 months ahead, typically, on an average. Okay, and that's when we start to work with the customer and we, we, we bid to it, we propose to it, we negotiate, etc. That's typically the, uh, the time frame. Uh, then I have questions on, on separate and cement. First on separate, we have seen from some of the other European-based uh, building materials companies uh, that, that there's positive pricing momentum. I wonder if uh, you can comment on, on, on how you see that. And in uh, cement, we have seen uh, CNBM uh, win uh, fairly big orders outside China. Uh, does this, in, in view of you, suggest that there's a second global Chinese competitor emerging here? Or is it just the art project which, which goes their way? On the separate last, your question was about the prices, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you see room, room for, for increasing prices. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good point. I mean, we actually see that uh, for the first time in, in, uh, in several quarters that we are able to get, uh, <coughs> to get uh, a little, slightly higher prices, not dramatically higher prices, but slightly higher prices. And that, of course, shows that uh, there is a momentum in the market among uh, uh, dealers, etc. cetera, uh, we typically um, trade all our products through. So this is, I can just confirm that. You can quantify, or can you say whether it's in, in, in specific countries, while in other countries you do not see this? Yeah. Or? More or less across the border, I would say. So, uh, so, but uh, but I cannot quantify that. Okay, okay. China uh, Building Materials uh, (CNBM). Uh, they are a well-known uh, company to us. They've been around for many years. Um, they are primarily Chinese uh, uh, producers of building materials, as, uh, as the name suggests. They have also in, in recent years been um, uh, supplying cement factories themselves. They started in China, but they, this is not the first time that they are active uh, outside China. They are uh, the biggest uh, in producing cement compared to Sinoma, but they are much smaller in, in supplying plants. And this has been the picture for a couple of years, and we don't see any change in that uh, at present. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. No further questions from here. Our next question comes from Mr. Jacob Peterson from Sudbank. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I just have a question on uh, pricing and also uh, possible bottlenecks uh, among your sub-suppliers. How are things working out there? Are things beginning to look stretched in, in minerals business? Uh, with respect to the pricing, as I said before, I mean, uh, whenever we see an opportunity, we will uh, do our best in order to uh, to uh, get the best price on a given uh, on a given contract. With respect to the uh, supply chain, uh, in certain parts of the supply chain, we are starting to sense uh, a, uh, an increase in uh, in lead times, and we are back to the traditional uh, crushing and milling elements. And there, we have made uh, some. Uh, Inroads with certain key suppliers that will uh, make sure that uh, FL Smith secures the slots that uh, we need in order to uh, offer the best uh, delivery time that's out there. Okay. And then also to your competitive um, question in, in, uh, concerning your cement business, uh, it seems like, like uh, Chinese Sinoma has, has done uh, quite well uh, on some of your core markets lately. Um, um, how do you see uh, competition? Is this, is, it heat, is this heating up, or, or, or uh, do you feel confident that you, that you can maintain your market share outside China? Well, uh, they announced a very big order uh, in Nigeria, but, but uh, to my knowledge, the same order was announced two years ago, and, and then it was cancelled during the crisis. And, of course, if you do that, uh, uh, many times you can get a very big uh, order intake. So, so uh, we... We haven't really seen any any change in the competitive pattern. Okay, thanks a lot. Welcome. 
Our next question goes from Mr. Yohan Lidasson from Chevrolet. Please go ahead. Yes, hello. I, I was just wondering something you said here about the, uh, the gross margin in the mineral side. You, you referred to, to the project mix. Was that just that the share of project was higher, or is there a sort of a change in, in the actual projects as well that impacts this? No, it's, it's when you measure. I mean, I, I specifically address the, the project side of the business when it comes to the margin uh, composition of all the projects that we are currently executing and measured on a three-month uh, uh, timeline. I mean, the, these, uh, these uh, contribution margins will vary, and that, that's, that's what, we, what I said. I mean, that's where we uh, find the reason for the, uh, for the 24%, that is one percentage point down compared to the previous uh, period in 2010. So it's not a specific project necessarily, but it's, it's the overall project uh, pool, if you will, that just for those three months carried a margin less than you might have expected. Okay, good. And it has nothing to do with sort of you talked a bit about pricing pressure. I think it was at the end of 2009 or so that kind of shows up in, in your... No, it doesn't. But one, one thing that I didn't mention that, that have an impact is, as I mentioned before, First of all, we announced a large materials handling order. Uh, in some of those specific materials handling orders often is a system supply. In there, we also introduce uh, steel components uh, to support the, uh, the structures of, uh, of the equipment. And there's a limit to how much you can mark up steel components. So that's why some of those large materials handling orders are carrying a margin less because we add more to the mix that is not necessarily proprietary. And that's that's where we that's what we see in the project project portfolio. Okay, and then just on prepayments, uh, you you also mentioned that uh, the, the the prepayments mainly come from the big uh, cement orders. But is there a change if you have a big minerals like a materials handling or whatever? Uh, is it still a lower prepayment share, so to say, up front on on those, or, yes. or should there? Yes, as we move from being a product supplier to also a system supplier on the mining side of the business, uh, we have a much better argument towards our customers that we need a certain amount of down payment in order to secure our supply chain and uh, not necessarily act as a financial institution. So that it, it makes it easier, and it, it's understood in the, uh, in the industry that that is, uh, that is justified. So as we move forward with these uh, uh, bigger projects, you have to assume that the uh, that the down payments will also increase. I would say that that has not been the, uh, the tendency in the business uh, on the mining side, if you compare it uh, to the cement. But we are, we are trying our best to, to uh, improve on, on, on that note. And, and then uh, on, you had a question on, on sourcing. And, and you are yourself setting up some, some component sourcing in some China and India. How are you progressing on those, uh, those issues? Are we starting to see any positive benefits coming through now on the margins? Uh, uh, not yet. Uh, in both occasions, we are building the expansion of these uh, factories, so um, it will not come into operation until uh, uh, the end of this year, actually. So uh, it will not really influence this year. But we are confident that it was the right decision to do, and we think the time will be, timing will be good for 2012. And, and then just final uh, short question on the, um, the service business. It looks like there's a bit of the normal seasonality here with a weakish Q1 building over the year and, and then a strong Q4. Uh, is that uh, the way it, it, it probably is for you as well in, in cement and minerals, or, or is there just... Um yeah, uh, normal variations in, in that business as well. Uh, cor correct. Uh, every quarter will be different, and uh, and there's a seasonality also. But uh, but in cement, I would say we are also in cement and CS impacted by the situation in the northern Africa because, of course, if there are uncertainty and plants are shut down, I mean, the first thing a customer will do is basically to, to stop also buying spare parts. So we also see an impact in the first quarter figures on the CS cement business from the situation in Northern Africa. Ah, okay. Okay. Thank you very much. The next question comes from Mr. Sebastian Hubert from UBS. Please go ahead. Yes. Good morning, gentlemen. Just two, two questions from my side. Can you give us an idea of the competitive situation in the cement industry? So how do your Western competitors, KHD and Polisius, behave in terms of pricing? 
Um, can we expect there something better than for the end of the year and beginning of 2012? And then also with regards to Sinoma, we are seeing that they are doing um, at least aiming some breakthrough in India and have also received good orders in Africa. Can you give us an update on Sinoma and the competitive edge here? And then the other thing is on your own M&A strategy, can you um, give us some kind of idea how you develop? Thank you. Regarding the pricing in cement, that's how I understood the question. Uh, as mentioned, uh, there's still some uh, uh, price pressure uh, in the cement industry. It is um, expected to improve when we see uh, more large orders coming through. But so far, yes, there is some price pressure. It's not changed uh, uh, importantly. Uh, over the last uh, couple of quarters. When, what was a question about India as well? I mean, uh, the only order we have seen uh, uh, Sinoma has uh, taken in, in India is actually a order last year. So, um, so this year there has been uh, no order for Sinoma. And when it comes to the M&A strategy, um, uh, we have a clear, clear criteria when, when we are evaluating which company has our, have our interest. Uh, first of all, it has to be core business. It has to be no turnaround, so healthy companies. And it has to add something like market footprint, technology, etc., and then a big service content. So we are very firm on these criteria, and we are following these uh, very strictly, and this is also uh, the same goes for the acquisition we announced uh, fourth quarter last year with Roymec acquisition and uh, the ESA acquisition here in first quarter. Okay, thank you very much. Our next question comes from Mr. Daniel Patterson from SAB Enskilda. Please go ahead. Yes, hi there, Daniel Patterson here. Uh, a couple of questions. Firstly, on cement, um, you just touched on competition, so I don't want to go back on that, but on orders. Um, I think it's fair to assume that uh, orders have been maybe a little bit weaker than, than hoped for. When we sort of add up and look back at the last 12 months, you have 8.8 .8 billion on order intake in cement. And for instance, this year you guide for 9 to 10. And obviously it's mainly covered by the backlog. So we're looking into 12. So my question is this. You know, we need to see more big orders for you to uh, sort of avoid a decline in revenue next year. What is your visibility in cement versus minerals? Because it looks like the minerals maybe have taken longer time than you initially thought. So what's your visibility in cement? I can uh, confirm that um, the uh, order intake, um, as we already touched a bit upon, the order intake this year will, of course, define the possibilities for uh, turnover and thereby results in the coming year. And yes, we need also uh, big orders in cement this year to have a satisfying uh, development next year. Uh, we also expect that we will see that in, in later quarters. So it's uh, too early to, to uh, start uh, guiding for the coming year, except for the fact that, yes, we do need also big orders this year for a satisfying 2012. And the uh, visibility is... Um, uh, I would say unchanged uh, in cement. I mentioned uh, some uh, being postponed in Northern Africa, others uh, uh, appearing. Uh, so uh, in total, uh, I would say the, the pictures uh, more or less unchanged again over the last couple of quarters. Okay. Um, another question on, uh, on minerals. Um, obviously a very strong quarter on, on orders, especially the small orders. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit here on what sort of we're looking into the next 12 months? Is there any reason to believe that this trend would not continue? Well, again, I can make reference to one of the slides that talked about an increase in the overall uh, CapEx outlook, uh, not produced by FLS, but uh, by uh, analysts in the marketplace, that talks about these 10 to 15, 20 percent uh, increase uh, over the next uh, couple of years, uh, year on year. Uh, I can make reference to, as I said before, the, uh, the uh, overall uh, project proposal pipeline that we're entertaining, very large, and uh, again, confirmed with the uh, interaction that we have with customers in terms of uh, getting to the table and then start to negotiate. That all uh, bodes well for the uh, overall bookings outlook for 2011. 
and um, then also on minerals on, on the margin, you mentioned earlier that you were doing some uh, sort of in investments, and I understood it into uh, sort of into people, just to be sure that these sort of SG&A investments, they are here to stay, right? It's, it's a new level of, of cost, is that right? As I said before, I mean, the uh, part of the investment is, is also in order to cope with the backlog. And those investments will be absorbed by the, uh, the projects themselves and will therefore not, uh, not reside in the SDNA line item. What you will see on the SDNA line item is investments made in the front office, uh, made in, in, in people with process know-how, uh, costs that I cannot allocate to, to projects as we execute them. But these are investments made in order to boost the uh, top line. And therefore, at the end of the day, you'll just see leverage through the, uh, through the P&L that will basically improve the, the, the bottom line. So part of the SGNA increase you've seen is an investment in the future to support our business. Okay. Well, and, and to follow up on that, on leverage, um, is, you know, you're also talking about, uh, you know, pretty low, low revenue um, uh, in the in the quarter, I guess, and therefore uh, sort of the weak leverage uh, going forward, that should give you a positive effect. But what on, on the project side, and as we see more of the bigger projects that you are already booking now and also seeing going forward, would that then have a negative mix uh, effect on, on the margin as projects uh, throw through the, the P&L, uh, say, next year? Well, uh, if you talk about minerals, let, let me just make reference to the guidance who talks about 10 to 11 percent, which tells you that we have to improve from here on out. Uh, the same with revenue, 10 to 11 billion. So we have to do more than we did in the first quarter. And uh, this is not unusual. You see that every quarter, every year. And it has also something to do with the fact that uh, as we, uh, the way we recognize income is uh, the percentage of completion on the project side. And typically, in the fourth quarter, we, we empty all the drawers and move forward. That's why uh, the first quarter always shows uh, l low activity and, and, and lower volume, per se. And that will improve as we go through the year. And again, knowing what we know today in terms of visibility, backlog, et cetera, we, we maintain our guidance. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. There are no further questions on the telephone. Speakers, please go ahead. No further. Any more questions here? Thank you.